Mark 4, 1 through 41. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and so more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out more, and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. One thing that I'm happy about 
moving back to Midwest is that finally people that I talk to will understand farming. Because if you've been in the Midwest long enough, you have either detasseled corn at some point in your life, worked on the family farm, had a class field trip to a farm, or at least visited somebody on a farm. You know when you're in good company, when you smell that farm smell, and a sense of nostalgia runs over you instead of disgust. I wonder if anybody's ever tried to make a candle of it. I think that is another side hustle alongside our wineskin business. NC Casey, you might be seeing us show, seeing me show up soon on Shark Tank. And for that reason, I'm out. Well, in today's scripture, Jesus is right out of talking about who his family is and giving one of the most inclusive statements that we find in the gospel. His invitation is to us to be a part of what Christ is doing, to be a part of his teaching, his preaching, and his ministry, and yes, even his family. And that reorientation that we have been talking about keeps coming up. Even in this simple statement of inclusion is a reorientation of the idea of tribalism. Who, what, who your tribe was, who your family was, who your blood was, said a lot about who you were and what people thought of you. And what Jesus is saying in that moment is a reorientation of what family is. We are all family. We are all children of the dirt and of the dust. We're all children of the same blood. Jesus has once again found himself on a boat because the crowd is gathered to be so large. And once again, this isn't the gospel writer trying to boast about how big his turnout is. But usually, it, but it's being used once again to prove the validity on who Christ is and the effectiveness of his ministry. Jesus has really gotten the people going. They were believing and following. And this is important once again because it will give us insight of what will happen at Jerusalem. Well, when I thought about, I, I kind of thought about taking this week off because these scriptures kind of explain themselves. We have Jesus speaking in parables, and after the disciples don't understand, Jesus explains it to them. And not only that, but this is kind of the go-to sermon slash example of our Sunday schools. And I think that's partly because Jesus explains it, so our own ability to mess it up or misinterpret it is kind of kept low. But alas, if there's a chance of not knowing, a chance of not understanding, we will continue into what the scriptures have to say to us and see what the Lord has to do with us. The culture of Christ of this time would have known how to farm. You either grew your own food or you knew somebody who grew your food. It's far removed from today where I pick up an apple from a store and I don't know exactly which tree it grew from, when it was picked, or whose hands have touched it up until that point. The reason Christ uses a farming parable is because farming was well known and known intimately to the listeners. So Jesus opens up about talking about planting seed. And you know how the parable goes. Some seed is thrown on the hard soil where the birds pick, up, uh, pick at the seed before they're allowed to take root. Next, some seed is thrown into the rocky soil where the seed can't take root. And as soon as the wind blows without deep roots, that it blows away. Then some seed is thrown among the weeds or thorns where the seed gets choked out because of the competition for resources. And lastly, Seed is thrown into the good soil where the seed thrives and multiplies and continues to multiply. The disciples are unsure what to do with this teaching because up until this point, Jesus has been very direct. When he was asked who his brother or sister was, he spoke plainly back. When he was asked about fasting, he spoke directly back to them. But here, 
he is speaking in parables, which I think is fitting. Because parables kind of work in these two different layers. You have the first layer, which is the story, which is the obvious telling. It's a part that's easy to understand and interpret because it's the narrative. But the second layer, the second layer is the layer of knowing and intent. It's the one thing to hear the words, but it's another thing to know what the words are pointing to or what the intent of those words are. And is it this fitting because this is what Jesus has been doing since the beginning of his ministry? Hasn't him, hasn't Jesus been trying to say to the Pharisees, the experts in law and the Sadducees, that there is a deeper intent to the law that you have missed? You have stayed at the narrative level instead of knowing the law. You've stayed at the level of just hearing those words instead of interpreting the deeper knowledge or the deeper layer. And the disciples begin to sense that there is something deeper than just farming 101 and what Jesus is talking about and that intent. Jesus opens up about his reasons for talking in parables. And it's because once you key into what the kingdom is doing, you will see the world differently. And I think that's an important thing that we have lost in today's culture and society. When we really key into the kingdom of God, we will see, hear, and tell stories differently. We'll be, be able to open our eyes and see. We'll be, be able to open our ears and hear. And once we really take on the body of Christ, once we answer, honor our call into his family, we're going to be able to see Christ everywhere. Jesus begins to open up the parable for the disciples. The seed is his teaching. And as you have been probably told while hearing the scripture before, the seed, which is the teaching of God that falls on hard ground, Satan is able to pluck it up before it sets root. The seed that falls in the rocky soil is seed that isn't deep-rooted, so when the first storm of chaos comes, they lose their rooting and are blown away in the wind. The seed that falls among the thorns is the word that is choked out by the worries of life, the appeals for wealth, materialism, that chokes out the resources that the seed needs so it's unable to bear fruit. And the good soil is the teaching that falls and is able to multiply, not just once, but keeps bearing new fruit. Now, we commonly talk about the soil being our hearts, and I think that's the correct interpretation of this scripture. What Jesus is truly talking about is our state of our hearts and our willingness to take on the teachings of Christ when we first hear them. But I also want to extend this to our churches as well. Are our churches hard of heart so that we can no longer receive teaching? Are our churches not challenging us to have deep roots so when the hard rains come, we abandon the teachings? Our church is too busy caught up in capitalism and materialism so much that it teaches it chokes out the teachings of God and we're not able to bear fruit. Our church is found in good soil so that we are multiplying and multiplying. I'm not going to critique directly the Western church, mostly because I would take up a whole hour doing so. What I would offer is what Jesus is offering by speaking this parable. When you look through the lens of the kingdom of God, what do you see at your church? A church that is hardened by the way things were and the way they think things should be that they cannot hear the teachings of Christ. A church that is more about offering a cheap grace to not challenge its people so that when the hard things come up in their lives, they're not equipped to deal with them. 
a church that is so caught up in the fighting and hoarding of resources that it eclipses their ability to produce good fruit? Or a church that finds itself growing, but not just for the sake of growing, but for the sake of multiplying? Jesus continues in his parable teachings with a couple more examples of our uh, that would work for our own heart, but I do believe extend to the church as well. If you were given a light, would you hide it? If so, then what is the point of the light? And how many times do we shy away from doing what Christ has called us to do? How many times do we hide our own light under the bushel basket? How many times do we hide from God? One of the things that we have learned in the more recent church and cultural history is that our sins will come out. Whether it's in a hashtag movement, an outburst, or a dismissal, we cannot hide what we do in the dark. If we are trying to live in the light, you who have ears listen, we cannot hide what we do in the dark if you are trying to live in the light. And if you are in the light, as Christ is in the light, then you're going to be held to a standard that you use to judge others. And that standard will be held to you. Once again, if you are, uh, if you as a representative of the church go after people for their beliefs, their personality flaws, if you judge harshly, void of love, void of grace, then that same will be applied to you. If you judge, uh, if you judge while you yourself will not submit to judgment, then you have missed what the light was intended for. No matter what you have or what you think you have, it is all taken away. Because we're all dust, and to dust we will return. If you judge yourself as having more than the other, that comparison will not matter, because all will be gone. Jesus is then asked about the kingdom of God, and he gives once again an answer of the dirt. It is not one. It is, it is actually one of my favorite parables in the Bible, because it really highlights how I approach the gospel most of the time, and that is that the gospel is a complete mystery. What Jesus is talking about here is that our desire to spread the gospel is always limited by the unknown of how the gospel grows in the hearts of those who hear it. Our job is to be that 21st century farmer, where our job is to simply invite, live, preach, teach, and reorient our lives towards the gospel, and God will do the rest. Our job is to rely on God to do what God always does through Christ, and that is to. And our job is to invite people in, and our job is also to be ready to receive them. This is a place where the church has sometimes gotten it wrong. They worry too much about trying to convert people, to create cheap conversions, instead of lying, relying on God to do the work. And once God has prepared someone, then we are called into the harvest. Sometimes we as a church become impatient. We believe that we can force a seed to grow, that maybe our own anxieties, our own desires, or if we spend enough resources, we can force things to produce fruit. Instead of doing what God has called us to to do through Christ, which is to spread the invitation, we need to give the invitation and wait on God. And then yet another famous example of the mustard seed and how it grows and how plants grow is so much bigger than the plant. The plant is so much bigger than when it is as a seed. And I do think that this is an obvious point, but at the same time it bears repeating because this is how the kingdom of God grows and spread throughout our culture, but also through our time as humanity, it is in small ways that grow into bigger things. I'm going to say that again, that the kingdom of God grows in small ways that turns into bigger things. 
Sometimes we as individuals or as a church get upset that our church growth isn't large from the beginning. I always joke that we channel our inner Texans and want the big thing immediately. We sometimes miss the forest for the trees. We forget the small things because we're only looking for big things. And what Jesus is using this parable for is to remind us that the kingdom of God is hidden from us sometimes because it seems so small, but it's a small thing that is growing. It's a small thing that is beginning to, just as the mustard seed, keep growing and entangling itself everywhere to be large enough to hold us all up. Do not forget the small things that we do for the gospel because over time they truly grow into the kingdom of God. I know that sometimes we as individuals, as the church, don't lift up the small things enough. But here, that's exactly the example that Jesus uses. A small thing. A small thing that over time grew into something to be so much bigger than where it started out to be. This is the power of parables. They work to reveal a deeper story or reveal the original intent of a story. And I believe that Jesus chooses this because it parallels his ministry here on earth. Part of his ministry will always be on that surface level. It is the teachings, the healings, the preachings, the miracles. But there's also a deeper nature of what Jesus' ministry is, and that is the revelation of what the kingdom of God looks like. And what Jesus is telling the people gathered, open your eyes and see the deeper nature of what is happening here. If you have ears, listen to the deeper nature of what is happening here. Because once you hear and see the kingdom of God, we'll be able to see the parables of this world and look beyond the surface level of what is happening and see the deeper nature of what the kingdom of God is growing and calling us to grow into. And once we see, we can participate in planting the small seeds that will grow into the bigger things to make, uh, to not make believers but ready for God by Christ through the Holy Spirit to make believers. We shall not rest on our own understanding of this world, but rather seek God, and we will find that deeper and truer nature, a place for us to rest in the light of God, a time for us to see the harvest that God has prepared for us to do the work that God has called us to do. Amen.